0: What's up Raider Nation? Welcome into Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, March 24th, 2021. Looking around and before you know it, it's going to be April and we're going to be just a few days away from the NFL draft as it's April 29th through May 2nd. Very excited about that uh, draft right around the corner. Of course, the Raiders very, very active in free agency, but the draft is one of those that you get excited for because you know that, hey, right around the corner, these guys have the opportunity to get some young blood in the team and some guys that could potentially be star or some guys that could be some really good depth pieces, but the team gets a chance to grow and get better. So uh, that's just around the corner. We still got to finish off the month of March, obviously, but man, oh, man, once April 1st hits, it's going to be like full steam ahead, all things NFL draft. And I do have some NFL draft stuff coming up. Matter of fact, on tomorrow's show, and I'll just tell you this off top, Daniel Jeremiah, he talked to the media following Alabama's Pro Day on Tuesday, and uh, there's a lot of guys in Alabama that are going to be going to the NFL, of course, right? Roll the Tied. That's what I say. But either way you look at it, uh, he had about a fifteen to twenty-minute media session following Alabama's pro day, and they're actually going to have two pro days. That's how many players that they have going to the NFL draft. So I'm actually going to break down that media session with Daniel Jeremiah and bring it to you on Thursday's show. So you'll hear about Alabama pro day. So you'll hear about Patrick Sertain. You'll hear about Christian Barmore. You'll hear about Alex Leatherwood. You'll hear about quarterback Mac Jones. Who Mac Jones? I gotta say that every time I say his name, I gotta say that. But, uh yeah, a lot of Alabama guys to talk about. Dylan Moses, a linebacker. I mean, there's a lot of different players that you'll hear about coming up for sure on tomorrow's show. Of course, I'll have a lot more than that as well. But still, I know off top I will have that on tomorrow's show, just talking all things NFL drafts as it pertains to Alabama players. But enough of what's coming up on tomorrow's show. How about what's coming up on today's show? And I'll tell you, Raider Nation, Your boy was a very, very, very busy dude on Tuesday. Man, off top, I did 30 minutes with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company. And I did that kind of early in the morning, recorded that because uh, his show was on at the same time that my show's on, on Fox Sports Central Texas. So recorded 30 minutes with Cofield and Company. And he played that at 2.15 Pacific Standard Time, which is 4.15 Central Time. So again, my show was on from 3 to 6. So he played that 30-minute interview. It was like two different segments. And uh, I was excited to do that talked Raiders and then we talked a whole bunch of other stuff as well like college hoops and some other stuff. Either way, that was 30 minutes. Then I knocked out a three-hour show on Fox Sports Central Texas. Then I hopped on with Corbin Smith, host of Locked On Seahawks for about 20 minutes to talk all things Gabe Jackson, what he brings to the tables as for as offensive line. And I'll tell you, Corbin gave me a few nuggets at the end after we were done and we were done recording and everything because he was using that for the Seahawks podcast. He was telling me about Tom Cable and what from a distance it looked like they were doing, the Raiders were doing with their offensive line and it was similar to what Tom Cable had done with the Seahawks at some point so me and him kind of penciled in a time I'm going to invite him on the show to talk about exactly what he was saying because I can repeat it and say what he he was saying to me off air and and while we weren't recording but I think he does it more justice I don't think I would do it the right amount of justice so kind of give you an insight from what he's thinking is going on with the Raiders and the offensive line from a distance as a guy who's been covering the Seahawks for a long time so that's coming down the pipeline at some point but I talked to Corbin Smith and then I hopped on 20 minutes with Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920. Also, he's from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. All of a sudden, they hit me up and was like, hey Q, can you come on at 7 o'clock? And I was like, yeah. 7 o'clock Central time, which is 5 o'clock West Coast time. I was like, yeah, no problem. I got you. So, I mean, it was just like boom, 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 boom. One thing after the other. So, with all that being said, coming up on today's show in segment number three and number two, if you missed my conversation with Vinny Bonsignor, really good stuff. We were talking Marcus Mariota. uh, Talked to all things Raiders, of course. It was on Raider Nation Radio 920 and uh, he was actually at the practice facility. So, uh, you're going to hear that 20-minute conversation. I'll have that coming up in segment number two and segment number three of today's show. So, no calls off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. No text messages off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. No worries. Get back to that on Thursday's show and, of course, Friday's show as well. Uh, I thought that was a really good conversation with Vinny, so I want to bring that to the table. And then here in segment number one, as I do on the daily, want to give you the news and the notes of the day. And it's not as fast and furious as it's been, but still some news and notes to get to. So, let's go ahead and jump right into it in the Biggest piece of news was about Marcus Mariota and the fact that he decided to return to the silver and black on a reduced contract, which freed up about $7 million in cap space for the Raiders. So, I mean, there was the big question mark out there, and I said on Tuesday's show that every report I had been hearing sounded like he was going to return to the Raiders, but it was nothing concrete. Well, it became official later on Tuesday afternoon that he absolutely was coming back to the silver and black and he was taking a reduced pay cut or taking a reduced paycheck. He was actually supposed to make $10.7 million this year, on the second year of his contract that he signed last year, and now the Raiders got him basically all the way down to $3.5 million. and that's actually a little bit more than what they wanted to pay him. They wanted to pay him around $2.5 million, or three max. He got it up to $3 million in base salary, and with incentives, they could push the deal to about $8 million. So, uh, you know, all in all, it's still not a real bad contract, or whatever, as far as you know, giving a backup quarterback uh, a lot of money, plus it also gives them some flexibility where, if he sticks around, he could be an asset. They could put him on the field, and and be used as a weapon something we've talked about quite a bit here on the podcast but also you know if there's a team out there like Washington if there's a team out there I would say Chicago but they got Andy Dalton now but if there's a team out there like the Patriots and I know they signed Cam Newton but that money's not really big money so maybe they're interested in Marcus Mariota maybe there's other teams out there that are interested in him and they weren't interested in him on his original pay well now they can look at him and say you know what Let's go ahead and call the Raiders and see what it would take to get Marcus Mariota. So he very well could be still traded somewhere before the draft starts, just because that salary is a lot more cap friendly than it was before. But I believed that there was a good chance of him getting traded until I saw this piece that uh, he actually put out. He was on a, a radio station or a TV station, excuse me, in Honolulu, which is his hometown, and he was talking about being back with the Raiders. And so after I heard this, and I'll play it for you right now, after I heard that, I thought, oh, this dude doesn't want to play for another team. He actually is happy with being a member of the Silver and Black. So here's Marcus Mariota uh, talking on a TV station in Honolulu. It's about a minute and a half worth of audio, but really good stuff. Check it out. I'm just excited to be a Raider. You know, everyone talks about Las Vegas being a ninth island. And for me, this is the closest I can get to playing from my hometown. And um, that in itself was just such a special opportunity. And I'm just excited to come back and get ready to go. Now, it was much publicized on what everyone was looking at was that you're the highest-paid backup quarterback in the NFL, and that you're the the money that you're owed on your contract pre- presented some roadblocks, and ultimately you take a pay cut to stay with the Raiders. And although you're a veteran who understands the finances of everything and understands the business side of things, is it still a frustrating process to go through to know that you're owed X amount of money, but? Ultimately, you enter another year in the NFL having to take a pay cut. Well, I think at the end of the day, I just focus on controlling what I can control. Um, And that's the product on the field. So every single day I wake up, I train, I get ready to go. And at the end of the day, um, we're very blessed to play this game for a living. Um, A lot of us make a a really good amount of money. And um, for me, I I just love playing the game. And the excitement, the opportunity to be a Raider, kind of over overcame all of that so um to be here in vegas to be a part of this organization uh, meant a lot more to me and i'm excited to be able to come back so one, he sounds like money's not really a big issue, and look, nobody wants to take a reduced salary. I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. I don't care if you've done a really good job with your money and taking care of your money and not just gone out and, and wasted it on stuff and blown it on stuff, you know, invested it. Uh, you know, obviously, $3 million is a lot of money for me and you. $3 million is not a lot of money in the NFL. $10 million is much better, but uh, I think that, and just listening to that right there, maybe he's just saying all the right things, but man, he really sounds like a dude that's more into being a member of the Raiders, being there in Las Vegas, being closer to his home in Honolulu, you know, he's calling it the Ninth Island and everything. I mean, there sounds like there's a lot more to like about being in Vegas, like the attraction of being in Vegas, as opposed to being somewhere else and possibly be like in Washington and being the starting quarterback. You know, it just, it really sounds like he has more things going on and more things that mean something to him than just you know, being somewhere else or making a whole lot of money, like Las Vegas, really, he's enjoying it. And look, there's a large, and this is what I've been told. I mean, obviously, I'm not in Vegas; I'm in Central Texas. But I've been told that there is a large Hawaiian population there in uh, in Vegas, and so uh, that could appeal to him as well. And a lot of uh, folks from Hawaii go and visit. And I know my guy Aaron, who actually has his own uh, his own sauces and everything, his own ketchups. So, you know, he's in Hawaii, and he uh, I met him when I was in Vegas at the for the Kansas City. Game game that week five. And, you know, we were talking. He listens to Raider Nation Radio all the time and uh, we talked. He, he came and hung out with me at the meet and greet that we had at the Sahara Las Vegas. And uh, so he told me as well that, hey, there's a large Hawaiian you know population there in, in Las Vegas. And so uh, I know he he knows his stuff and he's talking about. So maybe that's part of the appeal for one Marcus Mariota. But just from that little piece right there. And again, it's just a sound bite. It's just what he's saying. It could be just talking and saying all the right things, but he really sound like he was pretty dedicated to being there in Las Vegas. Of course, he's only got a one-year deal uh, left, and you know who knows what's going to happen after this upcoming season. But either way you look at it, man, it sounds sounds pretty good and positive that that dude's going to be back. So maybe he doesn't get traded at all, and maybe he's just out there as a weapon. But you'll hear myself and Vinny Bonsignor talk all things Marcus Mariota. Remember, when I'm talking about Marcus with Vinny, this was before I heard that soundbite. So anyway, just kind of take that into mind when you're listening to what i got to say about Marcus and, and the Raiders. Uh, and the final little note that I have for you for uh, today Locked on Raiders podcast segment number one: News and notes of the day is that the Raiders made it official with cornerback Nevin Lawson. Now, that's something that I reported on the show already that he was uh, he agreed to a, a deal and they're bringing him back. And I know a lot of Raider fans are like Ah, Nevin Lawson stinks. He's always getting burnt. But anyway, they made it official. They put out the statement. Uh, you know, they showed him signing the signing the contract. Nevin Lawson is officially back with the Raiders on a one year deal. He first joined the team as an unrestricted free agent in 2019 after playing five years with the Lions. He was a fourth round draft pick in the 2019 20- 2014 NFL Draft. He's appeared in 88 games and made 68 starts over his career, 277 tackles, two sacks, 34 passes defense, two forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. No interceptions. <laughs> Not one interception, but whatever. It is what it is. So uh, there's Nevin Lawson. He's back with the Raiders. Officially, uh, they put that statement out on a Tuesday. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, part one of my radio hit on Raider Nation Radio 920. I was back on the station inside the huddle this time with Vinny Bonsignor. You're going to hear that conversation, or part one of that conversation, coming up next. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about the built Bar March Madness Challenge that's been going on now for a while. It's continuing to go on. Of course, Built Bar, great tasting protein bars. They just sent some more in the mail to me. I just got that uh, that birthday cake, that white chocolate birthday cake flavor one. I uh, haven't tried it yet, but I will. Got them in my cabinet. Uh, it's awesome, man. Built Bar keeps loading me up with plenty of them so I can continue to try them and continue to talk about them. Well, that's one of the flavors that is in the competition that is ongoing. And right now, Built Bar is trying to find out exactly which Built Bar is the best tasting one. Of course, they're all really great, right? They're all low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They're all great for the keto diet, 100% covered in chocolate. But which one is going to be the very, very best is what they're trying to get to the bottom of. Today's competition, cookies and cream against coconut almond. And I'm a big fan of the coconut almond one, but I'll tell you the cookies and cream. Yeah. It's money, too. So that's going to be a good competition right there. Cookies and cream versus coconut almond. You want to get your vote on, go to BuiltBar.com or on Twitter at Built underscore Bar to get your vote on. And remember, when you're buying some more Built Bars, if you're on the website, BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order just like that. That's LOCK15. get 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. And make sure you check out and see who won today's matchup and who's getting a little bit closer to being the best-tasting Built Bar ever. All that from BuiltBar.com. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, here we go Raider Nation segment number 2. of Today's locked on Raiders podcast. Time to jump into the conversation that I had on Raider Nation Radio 920 with Vinny Bonsignor. It was really fun. I've been on this show now a uh, second time, you know, when I was doing Silver and Black today with Scott Goldbranson, We'd actually lead into Vinny and Vinny would be on with Lincoln Kennedy, but uh, it was just it was just Vinny. He was down at the the Raiders practice facility there in Henderson and uh, we just had a good little conversation, man. It was about 20 minutes long, 20 minutes strong. So, you'll hear part one of that conversation. right. Right now.
1: Broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Tuesday uh, a little bit of news today, as expected, um, Marcus Mariota agreed to terms on a, a new deal, or actually just a, a restructured deal. Uh, bottom line, he's taken less money uh, to come back to the Raiders. Salary goes from $10.7 million down to $3.5 million. Uh, if you go back to what he made last year, $7.5 million, uh, basically it turns into a two, what, he, what he ultimately signed for was two years, $11 million, with the chance uh, for it to go up, if he gets on the field on any significant basis this year, where ins- incentives start to, to kick in, um, you know, for a backup quarterback, uh, two years, eleven million dollars in today's climate is not that bad. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Marcus Mariota go someplace and get an opportunity to start. I don't know why that didn't happen. Um, at some point, uh, maybe his agent will explain whether there were some opportunities for him in a trade, and maybe there was, um, uh, you know, a need to redo the deal a little bit to accommodate it. So we don't know what the details are of that. Uh, it's unfortunate for Marcus because I think he could go someplace and start. I think he's better uh, than um, you know Fitzpatrick. I think he's better than Andy Dalton. I think he's better than Jameis Winston, potentially. Could be better than Cam Newton. Um, and those were opportunities for him to go someplace and potentially start uh, and put himself in position to get a bigger payday in 2022. That's not going to happen, at least now. Uh, he's coming back to the Raiders at $3.5 million. If he stays, he's probably maybe the best you know, backup quarterback in the NFL or among them. Uh, and he's also a pretty darn attractive trade piece down the road. Should a team have a need to replace their starting quarterback, whether through dissatisfaction or injury, I would not be shocked. Uh, down the road if somebody comes knocking on the Raiders' door to say, hey, uh, what would it take to get Marcus Mariota over here? But we'll see and see how all that plays out. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line to welcome in our good friend, Q Myers. You can follow him at your boy Q254. He's the host of UNR from 3 to 6 p.m. on Fox Sports Central Texas AM, 1330 uh, and 93.9 FM. That's a lot. To talk about a lot of numbers right there, uh, but I'll tell you who's not making a lot of numbers, uh, Q, is Marcus Mariota, or his numbers went down (laughs) today uh, by about $7 million, which, you know, I know this is all fake money to us out here, but that's like real money to a dude seven point five million dollars your thoughts initially first of all thanks for coming in and spending some time with us in the huddle but your thoughts on uh, on Marcus taking the pay cut to come back to the raiders
0: well you know i think he did a couple services a couple good services for himself and for for the raiders and why i say himself is everything you rolled out about potential trade partners i think that contract now is very tradable like you mentioned and so i think that Teams like Washington, even teams like New England, other teams out there that could be looking at a quarterback situation right now are probably calling up Mike Mayock and saying, hey, you know what, now that that deal is what it is now, it's a lot more reasonable. It's a lot better, a lot easier for us to trade for it. Yeah, what will it take to get Marcus Mariota to be a Washington football team member? You know, I, I can see that. And then on top of that, I think that he still has a good spot in in Las Vegas if he does remain the backup. And and you know, look, you can never anticipate when the backup's going to get into the game. Nobody knew that he was going to come into Week 15 with uh, against the Chargers last year, but he did. And he did really well. And I think that the Raiders... Made a mistake by not playing him a little bit more throughout the course of the season, you know, as just, you know, a weapon, you know, just kind of showing what he could do. I thought they had a chance to showcase him a little bit more. Maybe if he does stick around, he is showcased. Maybe he's put into the game plan a little bit just to get off the bench and, and do some things and, like I said, be a weapon for the offense. So I think it's kind of a win win situation, but I'm with you. I wouldn't be shocked by it at the end of, you know, training camp. Uh, we're not talking about Marcus Mariota, the backup quarterback. We're talking about Marcus Mariota, the starting quarterback in another team because that contract is very, very tradable.
1: I'm with you on everything you just said, Q, but two things. Number first, I, I, I think there was a plan to get him on the field. Yeah. But I think injuries right. you know uh took over early yeah. on and, and that train just left the uh the, the, the station and it's hard to go catch back up to it um when it's when it's hurling down down the railroad tracks. But I, but I'm with you. I think that now uh that he's healthy and uh you know talking to some people yesterday and today he's healthy and ready to go and the Raiders are pretty pumped up about that. Um it, for that specific reason to be able to really utilize him this year. uh secondarily you know you mentioned the trade we mentioned the trade and that's obviously now on the table because at 3.5 million dollars why wouldn't you if you're a team that needs a quarterback here's my question q uh i don't have clarity on this but i there's there's enough speculation on it that i that you know uh it it seems like it went down this way where i think there were opportunities you know two weeks ago three weeks ago you know, and 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 if you were Marcus Mariota, if you were his agent, and that opportunity came up three weeks ago, where a team was interested in potentially trading for you, but this is the stipulation: we need you to come in on a lower number, or at least knock down those, um, you know, those, those uh, potential incentives that would have taken that contract, you know, way up even further. If if that's if it went down that way, where they there was a reluctance to do that, where do you stand on that? To me, I think. It's, it's short-sighted on the agent's part if it went down that way.
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I mean, and it feels like it, it could have gone down like that because we heard his name and a lot of speculation with multiple teams, uh, like you said, about three weeks ago, maybe even four weeks ago. And so I thought for sure he was going to be on the first thing smoking out of, out of Las Vegas and head to a new team, and then it just never happened. And the contract was the reason why everyone stated that he didn't get traded. And, you know, maybe the agent kind of fluffed it up. Maybe he messed it up to the point where, you know, it didn't go down that way. And 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 then again maybe the agent said no. Not going to take a pay cut because starting quarterbacks in the league make about twenty something million dollars again, you know, so maybe that was the situation i'm not exactly sure like you said exactly how it played out. It just kind of feels like someone along the line messed things up, but again, I think that the Raiders benefit the most from this because, like you said, now that he's healthy he he really could be an asset to the team moving forward, and I would have actually no problem him sticking around straight up and just being the the backup for, for this year and, and knowing that at any time he could go in there and and at least keep the the train on the tracks and you feel pretty confident i didn't know what to expect from him, vinny in week 15 when he when he went in against the chargers i thought well I guess we'll see. We'll see what he's got in him, and he did fairly well. There was a couple you know, bad throws, but he showed hustle. He was able to run. He was able to keep the Raiders in the game and really should have won the game. So I felt pretty confident in him after that game, and I think that moving forward, he really would be a nice asset for the team to have, and I think that, like you said, now that he's healthy, if they can use him and showcase him a little bit, he'll definitely be sought after uh, on the open market next year, or maybe the Raiders decide to keep him around for a little bit. I mean, who knows? That's all in the cards and later down the road, but I think there's a lot of different angles and a lot of different ways this team could go now that he's agreed to this uh, this new contract.
1: Yeah, and that performance against the Chargers, that was like coming in cold off yeah. the bench. That's hard to do. Yep. Um and 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 he lo- there were plays, there were electric plays. Uh you know, it was one of those it was it was in an empty stadium, but had there been fans in that stadium, there were some plays that would have that that would have the crowd would have been going nuts on. So yeah, I'm with you. I think that uh you know, I'd like to see what he might be capable of doing in the red zone. Uh yes. they had uh, difficulties in those short yardage situations in that side of the field, you got to feel like a guy with uh, that could beat you with legs and arms like Marcus can. There there has to be some kind of situational role uh, that he could take advantage uh, in that side of the field or part of the field. And, you know, heck, even in short yardage situations at the fifty, he's, he's right. shown that he could take the distance, you know, um, you know, even in those kind of situations. So uh, w- we'll see. Um, all right, Q, and we're talking to Q Myers, our our good friend. Uh, here at Raider Nation Radio, um, Q. Obviously, uh, actions speak, you know, volumes. The Raiders did a lot of work on the defensive line. We knew that they were going to coming into this off season. That was a huge priority. Uh, but it was an abnormally active free agency for them so far. And I'm not even going to say that it's closed yet. Along the defensive line, Yannick Agagwe yes. obviously uh, brings a lot to the table. But then they just. Find a slew of guys that bring all sorts of different skill sets and pedigrees and, um, you know, uh, production, upside. It's like a whole slew. Of different possibilities. What do you make of what they've done so far along the defensive
0: line? I, I like what they've done along the defensive line. Uh, Ngakwe is a guy I've been pounding the table for since he was a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Before they ever traded him to Minnesota, I was saying that that's a guy that you need to go get and go get eight to nine or ten sacks. And I, I even heard you ask him straight up, like, hey, your name has been flirted with the Raiders for quite a while now. Finally, it comes to fruition. I think he's excited to be there, be back with Gus Bradley. I think that that's going to be a good little uh, situation. And it's only a two year deal. You know, he's still a young dude and that's the other thing that's the other point that I, that really stood out to me all these guys are are still young and they're all one-year deals maybe a two-year deal like in the case of Ngakwe. and that's perfect make these guys go out there and prove their worth show that they're hungry and go out there and be a difference maker uh, help turn that defensive line around and the one thing we know about gus bradley and i know you said it multiple times on your show you've talked to me about it he doesn't blitz a whole lot. He wants to get home with the front 4. So how do you have guys getting home in the uh, in the 4th quarter with the front 4? You have fresh guys. So I like the fact that there's a nice rotation. I think San Francisco showed us a couple seasons ago when they went to the Super Bowl and they eventually lost to the Chiefs. You can never have enough dudes along that defensive line getting after the quarterback, even if it's a few snaps here, a few snaps there, just to let a guy like a Max Crosby get a breath, let a guy like a Jonathan Hankins take a deep breath, you know, and just catch his win and get his legs underneath him. Uh, David Irving, I think that that's a – honestly, I think he's a wild card. I don't know what to expect from him. I just know what he can do when he's locked in and he's on. He could be a monster, but he's got to be locked in and he's got to be on. He's not always that guy. I heard the interview he did with JT on this very radio station. He sounds the part. Now he's got to go play the part. I think that he's a big wild card. I think Solomon Thomas needs to prove, is ready to prove, that he's not uh, you know, a bust at number three overall. I think he's going to be good for Cleve Farrell because he knows exactly the pressures of being the number three overall pick as Cleve was the number four overall pick. So I think he can help kind of mentor him, and I think Cleve's coming along anyway. So I think you got a lot of guys that are going to go out there and compete uh, and, and really try to get after it and get that starting role. But then you're going to have guys that are gonna come off fresh off the bench. And I think that that's going to help where you don't really have a whole lot of talent drop off, uh, you know, when a, when a guy goes out. So I think Gus Bradley has a lot to play with. Rob Marinelli has a lot to play with. They just got to,
1: you know, put the pieces in the right place. We're talking to Q Myers, our good friend. You can follow him at your boy Q uh,
0: All right, Raider Nation, that was part one of my conversation with Vinny Monsignor inside the huddle, Raider Nation Radio 920. He was there at the Henderson practice facility. And, you know, I always say, you know my motto, you're guaranteed to miss the shots you don't take. So at the end of the interview, and you'll hear this coming up in segment number three, at the end of the interview, I shoot my shot because he does invite me onto the show again. He's like, hey, anytime you want to come on the show, uh, make sure you uh, hit me up or whatever. So you listen to your boy. Shoot my shot at the very end of the interview. That's coming up in segment number three uh, after you hear part two of my conversation. But uh, before I get into that, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. I uh, had a little bit of break in the action as far as March Madness goes. Now, the ladies were on on Tuesday, but uh, the men were done until the weekend. Uh, they're going to be moving on to the Sweet 16 and, and beyond. But college basketball is a great time right now to get your gamble on, and betonline.ag can help you. But it's not just college hoops, you can go with some NBA action. You can go with some hockey action. You can go with uh, UFC. UFC has like a card every week, right? You can do that. It does not matter what sport it is. BetOnline.ag has you covered? They're your online sportsbook experts. Uh, all you got to do is open up a free account. And when you do, as long as you use the promo code LOCKED ON, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. And if you're just hearing this for the first time, you might say, well, what is a 50% welcome bonus? If you put in $200, then you're going to get an extra $100. So that means you'll have $300 to play with. If you start off with maybe $100 in, you'll get $50 to play with. So you have $150 total. I mean, whatever you put in, as long as you use the promo code LOCKED ON, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on top of that. So obviously, the more you put in, the more you'll get. But you don't have to go big. You don't have to do that. You can start out, like I said, you can put 100 bucks in and just get 50 extra. Either way you look at it, it's all good, and it's someone else's money that you're playing with. So that's even better as far as I'm concerned, betonline.ag. Again, they're your online sportsbook experts. Uh, If you want to check them out on social media and take advantage of the best bonuses in the business, you can at betonline underscore ag, and uh, definitely check them out and take advantage, get off the sidelines, and get into all the action. Again, betonline.ag. Segment number three and part two of my conversation with Vinny Bonsignor is up next.
1: Every day.
0: Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to hear part two of my conversation. Segment number two, you heard part one of my conversation with Vinny Bonsignor. Talked all things. Really, Marcus Mariota went really, really deep with him. But let's get into some more conversation with Vinny. Talking some defense, defensive line, competition uh, in training camp. All that good stuff is what you're about to hear in part two of my conversation with Vinny Bonsignor from Tuesday on Raider Nation Radio 920.
1: All right, Q. I know you always got the coach's hat on. Um, I want to, I'm glad you mentioned Solomon Thomas uh, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, you know, so, the Raiders sign all these guys part of your job. You gotta, you got look at the tape. Yeah. Uh, find, scour the internet, go to uh, Game Pass, whatever the case might be uh, and, and and take a look. Alright, I'm looking at Solomon Thomas, you know, from college, even with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. I'm like, what in the, this dude is an athlete. This dude has skill. I mean, it jumps out at you on the tape. Now, I don't know why it hasn't translated uh, you know, in, in a more consistent basis. I'm going to ask you to put your coach's hat on and tell me why. But dude jumps out, out on the screen. I'm sorry, but he does. It's yep. like, whoa, this guy can play football right here yeah. and wreak some havoc. Why hasn't it translated for Solomon Thomas yet in a big way in the NFL? And there's, there's still a way to unlock that.
0: Well, the good thing is he's only been in the league four years, and I say only, but he's only been in the league four years, and so he's got an opportunity to prove that he is that guy. And I think that, and I hate to say this, but I think tearing his ACL last year with San Francisco made him take a step back and look around and study a lot of film and watch a lot of games. Like, he said that he watched a lot of Raider games in 2020. I think he really kind of got an idea in the sense of, hey, I need to be playing at my Stanford level. I think him playing the three technique with the Raiders is going to be really good. I think that San Francisco may have done him a disservice by playing him all over the defensive line and not keeping him in one position where he was comfortable with you know this is something I say all the time is you know find a guy that does something really well and let him do that you know don't tell him that you want him to go do something else if he doesn't uh, excel at that position I think Thomas playing the three technique is going to help out I think he knows that hey it's a one-year deal I've got to prove my worth I got to show that I belong in this league and I wasn't just a guy that excelled in college you know what I mean and and look some guys do, and and again, I saw Clee Ferrell play up and close and personal uh, at Jerry's World against uh, against Notre Dame in in a, in a championship game a couple seasons ago, a few seasons ago. And Don't I remind thought, me of that. Oh, my Don't bad, me. my bad. I was there. I just oh, have to say, man, <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll, I'll play with you. I'll play with you. But yeah, he was a monster. He in that was game. a monster. Boy,
0: and sometimes it just doesn't, you know, translate to the league immediately. And I think that Clee has been getting better, better, and better. And I think Solomon Thomas has that chance. But you're right. Everything he did at Stanford just just Blows you away, and you see it on screen, and you're like, "Whoa, this dude's amazing!" And you see why they picked him at number three overall. It just hasn't translated, and he doesn't have sacks. He doesn't have those big numbers that you would expect from a guy who's picked number three or number four overall. And so I think that he has an opportunity. He likes Rod Marinelli. You know, he's he's got uh, Gus Bradley. He knows Gus Bradley. I think I think he's falling into a good situation where the expectations aren't super high because he so far hasn't been the dude that he was expected to be when he was drafted, but he has the opportunity to really open up some eyes. I think it's a good situation for Solomon.
1: Another, I think, intriguing pickup, and I don't know how much you know uh, about him. I had to, I had to uh, trace back in the memory bank because the dude hasn't played in two years. <laughs> but Darius Spylon, yep. um, former Charger, uh, yep. who when you look at some of those numbers, are like, okay, all right, um, you know, there's production there, there's talent there. There's a reason why the Cardinals signed him to a two-year $10, $10 million deal you know, going into 2019. Uh, Your thoughts on on, on Phylon uh, in terms of just being able to get him back on the field and maybe get something out of him?
0: Yeah, that's going to be the biggest question for me when it comes to Phylon because he could play. I mean, he's shown that he could play. Uh, The Cardinals obviously liked him. The Chargers liked him for a while. I mean, he has skills. Uh, I just want to know how, how healthy he's going to be, how in shape he's going to be, and I know he's got plenty of time before training camp, but he hasn't played in a while, and there's difference to being in shape as far as me and you walking around the streets every day, and a guy ready to play a football game and dominate for 16 weeks out of the year, you know, and so we'll see. I think he's a guy that's going to provide some good depth. He'll be able to come in as a situational pass rusher and and help provide something. He's got edge to him, that's for sure, you know, and, and I'm not even talking about things off the field. I'm just talking about him in general. He's an edgy type guy. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I like guys like that because they got things to prove. You know, they're not nice guys. Uh, you know, I, he's a guy I like to call a car thief, you know, and so we'll see. We'll see what he could provide to the table. I think him and, and going back to uh, David Irving, those are two guys that because they haven't done it consistently every single year, you don't know, but you know that if they're on, they could be on. Those two guys could be Really good players for the team if their mind is right, if their body is right, and if they're focused and ready to rock and roll. And Darius being out of the league since 2019, he's got a lot to prove. So that that could be a guy that I think uh, helps the Raiders. But he's got to make the team. He's got to, you know, get it done through camp. He's got to impress Marinelli, got to impress Bradley. And, you know, at the very end of the day, Vinny, this is great competition for training camp, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, nobody's going to get a free pass. No. Um, you know, first, Rod Marinelli doesn't operate like that anyway, but I think there were some free passes yeah. out of necessity that were given out last year. That ain't going to happen again this year. No. And, and I think David Irving is the perfect example in terms of you can't just walk off the street back into a football, into an NFL building and, and get out on the field just like that. It takes a while, um, I think. But, that, but you know, and, and it didn't, obviously, Irving couldn't get on the field last year when he, when he came aboard um you know toward the end of that season last year but there's plenty of time now for both of them to get into the building to get into the program uh to get into the off season program and training camp so that by when if they earn jobs uh you know there 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 could be some upside there for for both of those players all right real quick Going to go to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Kenyon Drake, obviously, that raised a little eyebrows. But again, I go watch the tape. I'm like, holy cow! Yeah, I can see this guy fitting in with the Raiders. There's no question about it. I mean, you put John Gruden in charge of drawing up some uh, some plays for him; he can help. And then John Brown, uh, the wide receiver that's replacing uh, essentially replacing Nelson Aguilar. How do you see both of those players? Uh, now fitting into this
0: offense. Well, I got a I got a love hate relationship. I love Kenyon Drake, love the Kenyon Drake signing. I think that's great. I'm a guy who loves Alabama football anyway, so I've been watching him for a long, long time. Like him a lot. I think he could play that that Joker role that Lynn Bowden Jr. was supposed to play, and it didn't shake out. And I think he'll do a better job than that uh, anyway. You know, I think he can get a thousand yards if he needs to. I think he can catch the rock. Uh, he's not the best receiver, but I think he can catch the rock when necessary. Uh, him and and Jacobs could even be on the field at the same time here and there. Uh, Uh, I think you have 1A and 1B when it comes to the running back position. So really no drop-off, which is what I've been pounding the table for for a long time. I want a guy that's just as good as Jacobs when he's in the game. And I think that's Kenyon Drake. John Brown, love his speed. I know that the Raiders want to stretch the field, similar to what they did with Nelly last year. But... I just I'm not 100% sold on him. I do love the price that they paid for him. I think that that's very reasonable and give him a shot. He's 30 years old, so he's not you know he's not super old or anything. He still is a burner, uh, and and maybe he'll end up surprising me like Nelly did and really being a good player. My only real issue with him is he's very light and he's very small and he gets banged up quite a bit and so he might not be available as often as you'd like him to be, but. If he could be right, man, and I know he has like three or four games a season where he's usually really, really good. If he could do that and, and produce similar to what Nelly did, then great. I just – I'm not 100% sold on John Brown at this point.
1: And the one thing that um, – the one red flag, if you want to call it that, uh, when I watched John on on tape, it, I mean, there's hardly any yards after catch. It's All just right. – you, and you expect – you're like, okay, here you go. He's going to break – no, he got tackled again. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, and so that's Nelson Aguilar last year. I think he showed a lot of people when the ball was in his hands, he was able to make something happen. Yeah. And um, in a dynamic way, a couple of times. I didn't, see, I don't see that from John Brown. I see yardage, I see production, I see, um, you know, his, his hands need a little work, so did Nelson Aguilar's, but. That's one area where I think that um, you know it, it could rear its ugly head at, at, at some point, just that lack of uh, yards after catch. But, you know, uh, hopefully Henry Ruggs is up to the challenge. Hopefully Brian Edwards is right. up to the challenge, and that negates um, whatever he doesn't bring along those lines. Uh, Q Myers, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Love the insight, as always. Uh, you know you're always welcome here uh, in the huddle anytime you want to uh, uh, jump on board. Really appreciate your time, brother. Uh, take care of yourself, and uh, we will talk to you down the line, my man.
0: Hey, absolutely. Hey, Vinny, man. When when you're there at the Henderson facility again, man, you let your boy know if I gotta get on a plane, if I gotta get on a bird and get out there so I can do the show with you, maybe and hang out at the facility. Man, you let me know. I'm in.
1: <laughs> we're we're gonna make that happen. I'm just I'm just throwing it out uh, into the universe, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that I am ha- literally here right now. So uh, I know you're gonna love it. And, uh, <laughs> we will we will make it happen, my man.
0: Appreciate you, You Have a great show.
1: You too. That's uh, Q Myers, our good friend, Q Myers,
0: So there it is right there. You hear me shoot my shot at the end, and you see what he said? We're going to make that happen. Now, look, when you call someone out and you kind of put it out there in the airwaves on live radio, you kind of really put him in a pinch. (laughs) You know what I mean? Even if he didn't want to say that, hey, we're going to make that happen, he's kind of stuck at that point because he can't say on the air, especially as they hit me up to be a guest, can't say, no, hell no, Q, we're not going to do that. But, you know, I do that every once in a while to guests on my show too. I'll be like, hey, man, uh, I need to get you on in a couple weeks or something. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, no problem. And then I might hit him back and they would not respond, but it's just because, you know, you get them live on the air you, you kind of put them in a position. So that's smart. That's smart. But, no, Vinny's a good dude, and uh, he said they were going to make that happen. So we'll see. That'd be pretty awesome, man. I mean, getting to go to Allegiant Stadium in uh, 2020, the first year of the stadium, was awesome. But uh, I'd love to get inside that Henderson facility and check things out. And I know they have a state-of-the-art kind of a radio-slash-podcast-slash-media session. I'd love to get in there and kind of do my thing, you know, get in there and dibble and dabble. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see exactly what happens, and if Vinny's able to pull some strings, and uh, maybe I'll be in Sin City doing a podcast or two, or who knows? I, I don't know. But either way, it was it was fun talking with Vinny, and hopefully uh, I get to talk with him again uh, inside the huddle. Uh, that was a good show and, and a lot of good times. So that's all I got for you for today's show. Coming up on tomorrow's show, like I said, Daniel Jeremiah, his breakdowns of Alabama's pro day, pro day number one, talking about some of the guys, some of the guys who stood out to him. Uh, he's going to talk about that. You'll hear it on tomorrow's show. Uh, obviously, you'll hear more news. In notes of the day and calls and texts we didn't get any calls and texts today but we will get to calls and texts on tomorrow's show so a loaded show and that's before I even know what kind of news and notes are gonna come rolling out with the silver and black but either way you look at it man it will be a loaded show as we'll dip into Thursday but before we do that enjoy your Wednesday uh, appreciate all the feedback appreciate anyone who hits me up on Twitter at your boy Q254 or hits me up on that locked on Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 so until then Raider Nation stay safe wash your hands do 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 what you got to do, social distance, wear your mask. Hey, if you're out there getting your vaccine, good for you, you know, do what you got to do. And uh, most importantly, as always, just win, baby.